on the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry. I'm delighted to be joined by international best-selling author Heman Sunim, telling us what to do when things don't go your way. When we are, you know, very young and have a first love and the first love did not work out, we feel as though this is the end of the world. However, we learn that is not the case. We move on. We find some other people. We begin to see that uh, when things don't go your way, uh, maybe it's not the end. As ever, we're available on all podcast platforms. This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919, 1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts. Listen and follow the Left Wing Rugby podcast with me, Will Slattery and Luke Fitzgerald. As far as I can see, I always want to get in the Irish team. And that should be every young player's dream and ambition in this country. And if you're playing in a place where you're not going to get the opportunities in the big games, that they're the ones that get you picked. They are the ones, the Champions Cup games are the ones that get you picked. You need to be playing in a team and starting in a team for those games. It's as simple as that if you want to play in the Irish team. Every week on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, would you please welcome the King, Mr. Comedy, Seal Fox! Beloved for his sharp sense of humour and seemingly endless energy, veteran Irish comedian Sylvester Sil Fox has been making him laugh for decades. I was going over the toll bridge, you know the toll bridge? And I, I forgot my money. I threw a Viagra tablet in. And I got back four hours after, James, the barrier was still up. But things took a decidedly more tragic turn for the veteran performer in December 2018 when he was accused of sexual assault. I was approached one day by a Garda who said that there was a charge against me for um, a sexual assault with a woman while, while they asked me to have a selfie. Fox maintained his innocence and was later cleared of all wrongdoing, but the case still haunts him today. I was more or less gone into a recluse, you know. As he prepares to turn 91 years young, Fox is still fighting for his name as he races against time to take on Ireland's justice system. And I did ask the, the judge to, uh, to, to give me a bit of anonymity, whatever you call it. So they said no. I'm Fiannan Sheehan, and today on the Indo-Daily, I'm joined by Paul Williams, special correspondent with the Irish Dependent, to look at the court case that nearly brought an end to the career of one of Ireland's greatest entertainers and his fight against the DPP for his injustice. Paul, Sylvester Fox, Sil Fox, better known to uh, people across the country, tell us about him and his place in the, the Irish comedy industry. Well, Sil Fox next month is 91 years of age. And the extraordinary thing is that he has been performing all these years. And he's been on the road for well over 60 years. So it, the man's a national treasure. I suppose the best way to describe him is that his shtick, so to speak, is good old-fashioned. 
safe humour. It's the kind of stuff that the, the jokes he was telling in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and probably even today are the kind of jokes that wouldn't offend the most sensitive of woke souls. Are you a plastic surgeon? He said, yes, madam, what can I do for you? She would you ever put a handle on me, bucket? <laughs> It was that for a reason why he was so much loved. And, you know, he was quite literally the grandfather of Irish comedy. He's the longest, I'd say the longest living performing artist in Ireland. This is a guy who, who came from a, an impoverished background. Father dies at an early age. You know, went went through working class, regular jobs, probably shaped him. And, and then, he, so he comes from that kind of, tradition of the old fella literally just standing up on, on the mic in, inside in the pubs and clubs uh, and the dance halls across the country and, and warming up the crowd with a few old gags. Yeah, and, and he started this probably by accident, cracking gags at work and people said he's very funny, a bit like Billy Connolly. I remember waiting about him years ago. He, you know, he was very funny at work. And when he was starting off, Ireland was in the grip of different immigration cycles and it was economically were very depressed. And that's why, you know, the man brought a smile to the face faces of the Irish people at, in the grimmest and most depressing of times. And he he was still up on on the circuit up until recent years. He's he's he would actually be on the circuit today, um, if it wasn't for what happened to him in the past few years. But he was a regular on on Funny Friday, coming in with with the old uh, the gags about the fella down the road. The man the, with the dog, and so on. The mother-in-law said to me, or the missus said to yeah, me, yeah, and and all just the classic old. One or they they weren't lengthy anecdotes that no. you get from kind of your 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 modern comedians or or trying to be too smart. They were just opening line, punchline, bang. It was what you call good or clean fun. He's still good and hale and hearty enough. He wants to get up on stage until it would appear until the day he decides to pass over. Yeah, even his gag about how he how he got into to comedy. He was he was working in a hat manufacturers. The Pope issued a decree that uh, women no longer needed to wear hats to church on a Sunday. So the hat market collapsed uh, literally overnight. So Sill said, the Pope made me a comedian. <laughs> that, that, that was the line. So take me back then to six years ago, 2018. What happened? On December 17, 2018, he was out socialising one night with some friends in a bar, a venue in the south inner city. And there must have been some show going on earlier that night. And there were a lot of people, you know, wanted to pose for selfies. And one of the things this man has always done, he's a very good relationship with his public. And he'd always pose for pictures and all of that kind of stuff. And one woman was very, very anxious to get his attention and get a selfie with him and so he came over to this woman's table and her friend took this picture a selfie with him uh, standing beside her smiling and then he moved on to someone else now <clears throat> later that night this woman approached him and alleged quite publicly to him that you know you assaulted me or you, you, you did something quite inappropriate and the, the allegation was that he had touched her uh, very inappropriately actually sexually assaulted her by, by touching her in an intimate way and apparently his reaction was what are you talking about she then goes to the guardie and makes a complaint the guardie launch an investigation which they're compelled to do um, they interviewed her they interviewed her friends none of whom said they saw anything untoward happening on that particular night and then they interviewed Sil Fox uh, at his home, and then he was brought in, I believe, officially for questioning. 
and he completely denied that anything of an inappropriate nature had taken place. A file was sent to the Director of Public Prosecutions subsequently, which the Garda are duty-bound to do, and the DPP decided that he would be charged with a count of sexual assault against the woman. And that's where Sil Fox's nightmare begins. And Paul, Sil Fox has spoken about the case and its impact on him to the Sunday Independent. Yeah, it was, it was really unbelievable what happened. And uh, and I said to the guard, I said, Are you having me on or something like this? Because I wouldn't do anything like that. I'd never have and never in trouble in my life. I think one of the things he said in the notes that were read in court at the time, you know, he just described it as absolute crap. He, he, he was, you could clearly see that he was very shocked by this. The issue here was, though, that it became public that a, a figure in the Irish entertainment industry was facing sexual assault charges. Yeah, and this is where insult was piled on a, a mountain of humiliation for and devastation for this man because it's a summary offence. The case was to be heard in the district court because of the fact his household name was celebrity uh, and to be charged by something like this publicly would be devastating. His lawyers applied to the court that, so that he could be anonymised, that there would be restrictions placed on the reporting of the case in the sense that his name would not be used. And they said because it would be devastating for his reputation. So he said, well, we're putting the charge, we're going ahead with it. So they went ahead and I was in court and I did ask the, the judge to, uh, to, to give me a bit of anonymity, or whatever you call it. The court turned that down and Sil Fox was exposed to the world as this famous comedian who is facing, it's a very, no matter what kind of sexual assault, it's a serious charge. So they put my name and my photograph in and all the papers. And when you consider that that this is coming on the back of an international trend where so many well-known celebrities in so many countries were accused and rightfully convicted and found to have been deviants, there is no such thing as smoke without fire. However, Sil Fox was very much like Cliff Richard. Cliff Richard was exposed to the world and he was completely innocent. So what happened to Sil Fox's career? And friends, basically, overnight, once his name started to emerge as the person who was involved in this case. He was just cancelled overnight. His reputation was eviscerated overnight, literally. And the phone stopped ringing, as he said himself. And it was devastating because most any bookings I had were cancelled. And my radio show was cancelled as well. So I was more or less gone into a recluse, you know. RT, of course, ran for the woods. Uh, they couldn't have him on. And it probably quite quite rightly, too, if somebody's accused of such a serious offence. Uh, he said a lot of friends and, and people who he considered good friends to his career all dropped him like a hot brick. And apart from his, his family uh, and a very small cohort of friends. I couldn't believe that it was happening to me at all when I didn't didn't feel as if I wanted to mix with people anymore until such time as all this was all cleared up. He was abandoned and he slipped into this deep, deep depression. You're saying your your wife doesn't live with you at the moment? No, no, she was was diagnosed with dementia and uh, she's a year and nearly 18 months in Kilsipper Nursing Home. But she, she more or less developed 
to Manchester during the during the, the trial time. So I'm alone here after 64 years of married life. To think about this, this happened, Fiona, when the man was 85. And as I said in the indoor piece, it would kill a man half his age, the stress of it. Uh, it was an enormous thing to happen. And what he seemed to find himself in, which some people do find themselves in the situation whereby he was on the back foot. You're guilty until proven innocent here, especially in the court of yeah. public opinion. What happened in court then? Well, ultimately, there was CCTV of this infamous encounter. The complainant alleged that this encounter lasted for about 30 seconds and that Sil Fox assaulted her during that period with his left hand. And the video clearly showed that it only took three seconds for this encounter to take place. And during that entire time, his hand was clearly visible on the table where he used it to balance himself when he was standing with the woman for a picture. And the judge looked at this and said, there is absolutely no evidence to support the charge and threw it out. But this was after Sil Fox had gone through about two years of pure hell. So effectively, a case was brought. A judge determined after looking at the evidence that there was insufficient evidence here. That, that it never took place. So effectively, Sil Fox basically is, is declared innocent of these charges. Technically, Sil Fox got justice that day. He walked away an innocent man. He walked away an exonerated man. But it's not that simple. Like a miscarriage of justice is where somebody is wrongly accused of something and they're charged and the evidence is put against them in court and they're convicted and it's later proved that the whole thing is wrong. And that's called a miscarriage of justice. He got, in the theoretical field of, of jurisprudence, he got justice. However, he suffered the gravest of injustices because this, here's this man, he's now 91, and he's still now trying to clear his name. I haven't performed on stage now for the last year and a half. I never thought it would end like this. I, I, I You know, I was going to go out on a big, you know, retiring, but this thing really ruined my life, this case. So, like, uh, so I'm more or less, I'm retired now which I had to be because it's a bit late to start it all over again. Tell us this. Sil Fox, he hasn't taken this situation lying down. He's actually proceeding now with his own litigation. He is. Two years ago, he, he launched proceedings, which is very, very rare, by the way. Uh, proceedings against the DPP and the government and the Gardaí, Shikana, with the minister and the Gardaí, but principally it's the DPP, where he wants an apology and he's suing them for damages because of the egregious uh, damage all of this has done to his reputation and to his good health and his life. Um, and as I say, that is a very, very rare situation to take place. Why is that rare? Because surely there's plenty of people who are charged with things with the DPP and the case is, is thrown out. And people come back and go, well, I, I should get some compensation here for my, my the accusations being made against me. Well, a lot of people who find themselves in situations in court where they are acquitted and they get justice, they're glad to get the hell out the door. Think of Cherry Hutch, for example. He was quite happy to get his justice and he left. Um, what's different about this is that the main evidence in this case is the CCTV footage. Now, that was circulated when Sil Fox was charged first. 
and I got a copy of it, like lots of other journalists did. And the first thing you notice when you look at it, if the, is this, you have a feeling maybe there's something else here. But when you looked at the bit of CCTV, uh, and you're told this is what the state is dependent on, I actually didn't believe it. I thought, well, there's clearly no evidence in that, and I'm not a qualified barrister. But somebody in the DPP's office decided that that was enough to charge him with this very serious criminal offence. And following on from that, would have been conscious of the fact that this would absolutely destroy this man's reputation. Because anyone who's charged with an offence and is made public, whether you like it or not, that damages them irrevocably. Says, uh, so, Sel Fox, he has another argument here that his name was made public when basically he was only facing charges. He was ultimately acquitted, but his name was fully out there. That's why he made the application that he would be anonymized while this is going on. And by the way, that's not unprecedented. So he's looking for a change in, in basically the system that is in place at the moment in that regard. When we go back to his case, is very rare. The DPP as an institution is, and quite rightly is, rigorously independent. And that's there for a reason, for the good administration of justice and the equitable administration of justice. You can't have people interfering with the decision of the DPP. And they also, the DPP adopts a position of never explain, never apologize, um, because they're not obliged to do so or to explain their thinking in cases. However, it doesn't mean that the DPP is infallible or incapable of getting something wrong. And what happened in this case was that the judge in the district court who just analyzed the CCTV and said, look, there is no case to answer here. I'm throwing it out. So Sil Fox has a very powerful argument, but he's still waiting for the DPP even to come back to respond to his proceedings. As he said himself very poignantly, are they waiting for me to die? I'd like to get an apology from them to, to, to have ruined my life, you know, and uh, to think that uh, they could do that to a person. Like, the man has suffered a genuinely grave injustice here. You get to that level, the final furlong in life, you know, as he would say himself in God's waiting room, and next thing, everything that you stood for and everything that you've lived for all your life is just torn apart like that. Will you avoid selfies in the future now because I, of this? I, I certainly will, or else I'll charge uh, uh, a million. I'll just go in like this, yeah. Make sure my hands is... is... <laughs> <laughs> and my thanks to Paul Williams. I'm Fiona Sheehan, and today's episode of the Indo-Daily was produced by Ian Doyle, researched by Dave Hanrity, with sound by Gavin Hennessy. Archive clips from RTE, The Irish Independent, and The Sunday Independent. If you enjoy the Indo-Daily, don't forget to follow the podcast and leave us a review. This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919, 1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts.